Hello, friends. My name is Dave Miller. And I am now Spain. And we are your beep buddies. Have we been censored? It's award season, Dave. We cannot fucking curse. Well, <laughs> you fucked it up immediately. Oh, God you just damn fucking... It. What the shit? Ah, oh, beans. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we did our best. We are your fuck buddies. This is a podcast. Where we take your sticky, sexy situations and turn them into sexy, sticky situations. Simply put, we find queries either online or through our lovely listeners on the topics of sex and dating, and we just fucking answer them. We answer them so good that we've been nominated for not one, but two Canadian Podcast Awards. Yeah, today. Which is great, because we were going to record yesterday and we didn't do it. And now we get to, to tell you all about this. So we were nominated for Best Adult Series and Best Education Series, which, Mm -hmm. guys, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, And two, uh, I'm really bummed that we both submitted ourselves for nomination for or consideration for Best Host. And I was really hoping that only one of us Mm. would get it. And it would tear the podcast apart. It would just tear us apart from the inside. Mm-hmm. Almost like a, a Civil War, Marvel Civil War situation. Yeah, I, I wouldn't vote for you at all. I would specifically vote for anyone else. <laughs> anyone else. Um, no, I put you forward for that, man. I thought you had it. I thought you had it in the bag. I Yeah, I I thought we, we might. It makes sense that like you wouldn't put a co- like one co-host up. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it would be such a burn. <laughs> I know. It's like, hey. Niall, you've done a great job. Your co-host, just dead weight. <laughs> and uh, so this is our award-winning podcast. Sorry, half award-winning podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you're a Canadian podcaster, you can go and register at Canadian Podcast Awards. I believe it's canpodawards.ca uh, and vote for us because that would be incredible. Yeah, I don't know how we got nominated in the first place. I mean, like we obviously like, you know, put our podcast and be like, here it is. Um, I don't know if it was like a panel that reviewed. I don't know if it was uh, other voting. I'm not sure, but it's cool to be nominated. And we're up against some pretty cool people as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Lady Pim, we see you up there. We see, we see you. you. And we're coming for you. We're coming to snatch <laughs> that crown. We're coming for the crown. No, it's it's awesome. It's uh, it's a massive privilege and an honor. And I'm very flattered and excited. And it's been, been really good news today. And uh, it's kind of made my day. It's On top a- of the nice weather. Yeah, Some new adventure good, zone? Yeah, it's been we a good... vaccine? Sorry, I keep cutting you off in the exact same place. <laughs> I was going to say, it's been a good news week because, yes, yeah. we also, uh, Niall and I have both received, pretty much at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, same place. the first, first dose of our, of our vaccine. So yeah. there's a very good chance that within the coming months, we'll be able to record together again. Yeah, get to stuff ourselves in the tiny closet and not hear sirens in the distance. Yeah, only my cat scratching at the door. Anyway, let's, this is a lot of information thrown at you once. So yeah, sh- should we just just get in and do the damn thing? Mm-hmm. If you do hear any kind of interference, that is our 5G emanating from our irradiated bodies, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You want me to start off? I got one here. Yeah. Shut your mouth and listen. <laughs> There's that. There's that co-host energy. This is by user I'm the stapler in Jello from Reddit. Last night, my boyfriend, 22-year-old, told me, female 22-year-old, about his sex fantasy while we were cuddling in bed. He said that he really wanted to tell me something he'd like to try in bed, but he was hesitant because he didn't want me to think he was weird. Well, he then told me it's about Hagrid. Yes, Hagrid from Harry Potter. And no, he was not joking. He usually jokes about strange things, so I laughed thinking he was serious. He wasn't serious, but he was. 
I was weirded out and asked him to tell me more about it. He told me he wanted me to dress up as Hagrid, put on a strap-on, take him from behind while a video of his voice is in the background. He then started to show me his favorite Hagrid smut and seemed way too excited about it. I tried to stay calm with a serious face, but inside I was dying of laughter. I'm not the type of person to mock people for their fetishes, but it literally came from nowhere and I've never heard anything like this before. He's always said he's straight, but I had to ask if maybe he's not, and he just said he's straight, but he thinks it's because of his daddy issues. But the thing that turned me off was more when he told me he usually thinks about Hagrid when we're having sex to make him orgasm faster. (laughs) I seriously don't know what to do. Everything about this makes me extremely uncomfortable and sad that he's not thinking about me when we're having sex. Yeah, I mean, I was on board with it until that part. Yeah, that's an unnecessary thing to add. That's kind of mean. Telling your partner that you're not thinking about them during sex is never great. Like, mm-hmm. no partner, no sexual partner ever wants to hear that. Yeah, um, it's also, like, unnecessary information. If you have an issue about, like, sexual performance or something, you know, then talk about that. You don't need to be like, oh, what we're doing isn't doing it for me, so I think of Hagrid to come. But it doesn't even sound like that. Like what they're doing isn't doing it for him. It sounds like she isn't doing it for him. Mm-hmm. Which is something that you do need to address as a, you know, romantic couple or a sexual couple of being like, hey, mate, like if if you're not receiving sexual pleasure from me, then our sexual relationship is not working out, regardless of what you think it might be, your daddy issues or mm-hmm. your intense love of the, the very large man from Harry Potter. <laughs> well, that that's exactly what I mean. It's like saying I think of Hagrid when I need to come, you know, that. That's pointing out that, like, there's something, I guess, that, you know, is lacking, but it's also just being kind of mean, whereas, like, instead, you could not share that tidbit and talk about what's lacking. So what I'm saying is, like, you're, you're almost like talking about a symptom instead of a cause. It's not great, you know? So it's like it's totally unnecessary information when you could actually have, like, a mature conversation and try to, like, get past whatever, you know, is causing you to need to think of this very large man. It's tough. It does seem like he might also have some homosexual tendencies if... Well, like, I don't know if we want... I was actually going to criticize this person for saying that, because, like, wanting to be pegged is not, you know, does not mean you are... No, no, that's not what I mean. Again, I guess you are wanting to be pegged by a fictional male, so... And and also fantasizing that your female partner is a male. Mm -hmm. Like, those those are things that tend to... And it's like... Maybe he's bisexual. Regardless, mm-hmm. but it, even then, does it matter? That's the thing. It's like the. I think what's happening here is this guy probably doesn't want to admit that he has sexual attractions to men, and therefore is shirking the you know reality of being like, oh, it's just my daddy issues. When in reality, it's probably is. Perhaps he's bisexual. Perhaps he's gay. Like you don't really need to throw a label on the sexuality here. But it seems like. You as a woman, whether it's you specifically or you as a woman specifically, aren't doing it for him. And there is another person specifically who is doing it for him. So, like, again, we don't need to. It's like all the questions where it's like, oh, I kissed my guy and I like or my my best friend. I, I don't I'm not gay, but why do I like it? It's like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. But this here specifically, I think it does matter. Because you're in a relationship with him. Well, we've also had so many questions about people, you know, like the corpse guy and like, you know, who are so into their kinks that like normal sex doesn't do it for them. So, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be that she can't provide because she's a woman. If this person is just so wrapped up in his weird Hagrid fetish. Sorry, not weird. That's very, very fair. Totally normal. 
I would love to know, like, is it a certain Hagrid? Is it a certain line? Uh, if it's you're, not your you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, if it's not your wizard, Harry, then it it doesn't matter. This man is lying to you. If it's not your wizard, Harry, actually, mm-hmm. I bet there are far more sexually charged lines than that. That's the most famous Hagrid line. I'm I gonna bet- look up sexually charged Hagrid lines, and I'm gonna regret it. <laughs> I bet that there are, if you went through the movies and you, you know, cut and, and chopped it up and spliced it together, you could get some pretty filthy Hagrid smut out of it. <laughs> Do you know what Hagrid's catchphrase is? <laughs> Lick my thumb and stick it in. I'm not ashamed. Apparently. I don't remember, but you know what? Don't. I'm glad this person isn't ashamed of their of their Hagrid fetish. I'll say that out. Straight out. It's great that, you know, you're... Oh, man, I saw this. A, a picture called Swagrid. <laughs> and it's him wearing a gold dollar symbol around his neck and a thug life belt and, and fire festival shades. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. um, man, this is too distracting. So I will say I'm very happy that he's able to open up about his fetish. Yeah, it, sometimes people can take you by surprise with specific fetishes. Like, I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't have assumed anyone was attracted to Hagrid this intensely. And it's nice that despite being taken by surprise, she didn't mock or laugh about this. I appreciate that. Were they being a little clumsy in how they talked about it? 100%. Being like, I need to think of this to finish when we fuck is not a nice thing to hear. And again, it doesn't solve any problems. It's just kind of like mean. It's just like saying a, a thing that's bad about your partner or your sex life and then just kind of like brushing over it. We've said this a million times about fetishes. Do you need to engage in this if you're uncomfortable? Not at all. Does this mean he's not interested in you as a woman? Not at all. I do think you do need to explore that though in the sense of like, I don't think, not like in the way that, because we had a question recently about, you know, uh, a man wanted his wife to peg him and she was like, are you gay? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't think you need to approach it that way. I think what you do need to do is have us talk with him, have a sit down talk with him and be like, hey, we need to talk about like the dynamics of our relationship relationship and if and like why you need to think of Hagrid in order to come and like why that is a is such a crucial part because like if that's literally the only way he's gonna like find sexual pleasure is like erasing you from the equation and mentally substituting in Hagrid big big man this giant of a man this isn't a good relationship for you it would be the same as if he you know was thinking about his ex the whole time you found out about that it, like if if you become sort of just like a blank slate and a hole in which he gets to fuck while he thinks about something else, whatever it is, it's that's a really really shitty place to be in, and 100%. it's going to do a fucking nightmare, a, like worth of damage to your self worth and your psyche and everything. Because no sex after that is going to be without a doubt of being like, is he thinking of this large large hairy man? I'm not ashamed of what I did. Or whatever he said. I don't remember. I I forgot already. But no, you've 100% nailed it. Like, if this is so much of... And again, it it seems like it. And maybe it's just because they haven't been able to express it before. Or because it's been bottled up or or something. Like, maybe having been able to either explore it or talk about it might ease this. But, like, if you're just a Hagrid placeholder, maybe maybe you want to be uh, a proxy Hagrid. But, like, I'm assuming that if you talk to them, which you need to do, and, like, figure out how deep this goes, if they're going to want this, like, all the time, and if not, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to stay in this relationship unless you are as equally into it. You know, like, we had a question, I think it was last week, it was a similar thing. It's like, you can't do this every time unless you want to. So yeah. I think you definitely need to talk and figure out how deep this, this Hagrid horniness goes and... uh you know, see if it'll fit into 
into your relationship. Yeah, I think it like 100% is like this would be completely run of the mill fetish talk and kink talk if it wasn't for the I erase you from our sexual experiences and replace you. Like if it wasn't for that, it'd be normal. It'd be fine. Whatever. People are into weird shit. People are into normal shit. Whatever. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But the second you start removing the person you're having sex with or like dehumanizing them Mm -hmm. or, you know, making them feel like they are essentially just a blow up doll in which you get to like mix and match the pieces of Mm -hmm. that sucks. And it's it's not good for either of you in terms of a healthy sexual relationship. Yeah. So that's that's what you need to sort out in this relationship. You need to be like, hey, I need to know. That I'm not just, you know, the blow up doll that you use that you've, you know, hastily printed out a Hagrid picture and have pasted on top of. Like, I need to know I'm more than that. And if mm-hmm. if I'm not, then sorry, but we're going our own ways. It's a lot of the similar stuff we said around fetishes. It's like, don't do them if you're not comfortable with them. 100% talk them through and like, you know, don't let your partner just because it's a fetish doesn't mean you have to engage with it or engage with it all the time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can respect them and still respect yourself. Well, we've had a, a, a man insulting his girlfriend. How about girlfriends insulting their boyfriends? This comes mm-hmm. from be- beginning stop nine, three, three, four boyfriend or sorry. Girlfriend said my balls are ugly. Now I get a lot of anxiety when addressing in front of her. We were playing around in bed and I said, I really enjoy her playing with my balls a bit more. She laughed and said, they're ugly. Then immediately tried to change the subject by saying she, how, she loves how hard I get. Since Aww. then, I got a lot of anxiety when getting dressed or naked in front of her. I think my balls are small and they retract when I get hard. When I get really turned on and hard, they retract even more. I do try to keep hair down there kept to a normal, but I don't know what else I could do to make myself look more attractive. Speaking to some of my friends, one has a tattoo on his ball sack, which his girlfriend loves. What? That just looks and sounds awfully painful and stupid. Now, Dane, you're not allowed. We're ending this podcast right now unless you can tell me what that is a tattoo of. There's no information on it, unfortunately. Well, guys, uh, my name is now Spain. We can guess. It's got to be the bat symbol. What if it's like cue ball, like a cue ball and an eight ball? That, that would be, well, no, cue ball, like, no, that's weird. Eight ball, sure. Why eight ball? Eight ball would be the worst. It has to get filled in. But you'd have to fill in the cue ball, too, because... Like, no. it needs to be white. Otherwise, just yeah. a circle. No one would understand that. I think people would figure it out if it was an eight ball on your testicles. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what if he got a set of boobs tattooed on his balls? Damn, what if he just got other balls tattooed on his balls? Damn. Like like truck nuts. Mm-hmm. But on his balls. Damn. Yeah, okay, I don't... continue. Keep going. I, that was the question. That was it. Whoa, I know those you... balls derailed me so hard that I Okay, I can't. so I, I, I will... So, okay, uh, you know what? Like, I... I I immediately had a response to this. And then I was like, do I even want to say that? And I felt weird. But like, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like, I don't think any balls are attractive. Right. Thank you. Like, yes. And not in a bad way. You know what I mean? It, it's like how elbows aren't attractive and knees aren't attractive. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just parts in your body. They don't need to be hot. And I don't like, I don't really think most people do like balls in, in any kind of dramatic sense. I will say I've been with a few women who are ball maniacs. Okay, well, and, I guess I got weird fun. balls then, Dane. Thanks for unveiling no. this in front of everybody. But at the same time, I agree with you. I don't think balls are specifically or inherently aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, even if they're ball maniacs, that doesn't mean balls are suddenly attractive. It just means they're attracted to balls. Yeah. You know, so like one, they're, they're big, wrinkly, fleshy bags. Yeah. That, that's it. Like, what's hot about that? 
And there's like all made like veins and hair and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the combination of things that could just get buck wild down there. Yeah. And like, like they're they're nestled between two big ties that often that they're also gonna be sweaty. Mm-hmm. Well, stanky, maybe. It's normal to feel like you don't have attractive balls. So much so that, like, I don't even think about it. I, I make zero effort in making my balls attractive, other than, like, trimming it and, you know, doing the doing the cleaning down there. Other than that, I don't worry about the aesthetic appeal of my balls because I just, I just don't think there's really anything. Like, what are you going to do? Put, like, fucking googly eyes on it? Yeah, okay. There, we, we've solved it. Maybe fucking, you know... Get a cock ring that you can attach some pipe cleaners. Give it an arm, you know, yeah. arms. Man, I can't imagine how much a ball sack tattoo would hurt. Yeah. Like, what if it went too deep and just, just popped them? <laughs> I don't um, man, this is award-winning shit this, right here. This is this is how we got the educational. Niall, <laughs> yeah, Niall's concerned. The questions that Niall's, people need to hear. Niall's concerned that a tattoo needle will pop his testicle. <laughs> God, so listen, I, Canadian Podcast Awards. We're just going to hide this episode. They're going to burn every trace of our nomination off the internet. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, man, I can't stop thinking about those balls. Okay. Like, firstly, think your balls. They're, they're pretty much hidden from view at any point, especially if you're not hard. And if you're hard, guess what? That's taken center stage. No one's looking past your majestic penis to look at your balls, especially if they're retracting. So you are good all the time. I think the real issue here is kind of insensitive of your partner to call your balls ugly. I think she, the way she, he words this question, I think she realized how fucked it was that she said it and immediately hit him with a compliment. Yeah. I, I think like her being like, no, your balls are ugly. And then being like, I love how hard you get. I think it was like, oh, fuck. And mm-hmm. we've all done it. You know what I mean? Like we all say stupid shit that we don't really think of the consequences. Mm-hmm. I think she immediately regretted what she said and hit you with a little compliment afterwards, because I think what you need to do is if you can realize that no one finds balls attractive and regardless of whether she said it to your face or not, nine out of 10 people, I bet probably don't think your balls are going to look good. And, and again, that goes, it doesn't matter at all. Like I don't no. think anyone cares. You know what I mean? No one's like, ew balls, like in a bad way. Like there's probably just like, it's a non event, but if you think about it, sure. It's they're kind of, well, that like ugly, I guess the balls, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry. I mean, like I could say the same thing about like, you know, if I really gave, gave a, a vagina or a vulva, like the Whoa. full, Whoa. the full look at, no. you know what I mean? I no. could probably be like, shut your mouth. But at the same time, you shouldn't be analyzing your partner's genitals for aesthetic pleasure. Mm-hmm. Here's if some the- advice. Do not fire back. Don't find a pl- part of no. her you think is, is unattractive and, nope. and list that. Because that's just like a one-way ticket to four months of sadness before breakup town. If you just talk to her and we're like, hey, the thing you said about my balls actually made me feel like kind of insecure about them or a little self-conscious. And hopefully she will not be like, damn, because they are really ugly. Hopefully she'll be like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, you know. And like, maybe don't even press. Don't don't like sit in that conversation until she goes, no, they're really hot balls. Yeah. They're balls, just like... If she knows that you were hurt by that, hopefully then she can like move on and be more chill and like also understand that. Yeah. And like I said, I, I bet you nine out of 10, she said it and was like, fuck me. Why did I say that? That's a yeah. stupid thing to say. That's the thing. Um, we can't all be Hagrid. I'm not ashamed <laughs> of what I said. Remember that scene where Hagrid tells Harry that he's not ashamed of his balls? 
You know what's funny? It's like the only Hagrid line I can actually think of is I'm pretty sure is Hagrid doing the exact opposite, which is, shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Like, so where did this catchphrase come from? How many things is Hagrid proud and unashamed of saying? Sorry, we're getting derailed again. Um, <laughs> maybe his ball tattoo is Hagrid. Oh, man. Imagine. The pubes are like the beard. And the hair. Yeah. He's a very big hairy man now. Um, but yeah, I, I would say talk to her. And like, if you trust your partner, which you should, like letting them in on your insecurity is going to help you both because she can know not to avoid it. And you then will feel better. You know what I mean? You don't have to like hide in, in your sadness, which would be a shitty thing to do. Also, let me don't be insecure about the size of your balls either. No, God, no, no one, one's like, hell yeah, I got a guy with big balls. Just giant yeah. balls. No one cares. Also, I would say I like I would take my like the smallest balls possible, in my opinion. Less like worry about fucking chafing. Less worry about hitting them. I give me small even, balls. I don't even know what big or small balls would be considered. Like I have, I have no, no idea. idea. I don't know where I fall on that scale, which is yeah. The level to which no one gives a shit about the size of your balls. Ironically enough, the size big balls are not the, the size. Jesus, the phrase, you know, big balls are, oh, the balls on him. But like, it's never anything other than like metaphorical balls. Yeah, they're definitely you know? not saying that that man has just gigantic balls. Yeah, no one cares about the size of your balls. If we did, we would all have an idea how big our balls are. And I couldn't even ballpark it. Ah. Uh, I will also say... Don't worry about your balls retracting when you're hard either. That hey, is Dane. a... Hmm? Hey, Dane. Yeah? How do you figure out how, how big your balls are? You ballpark it. No, you you undergo it. You, you take it a written testicle. Hey, did you have to come up with that on the fly because I stole your punchline? No, I, that was actually my... I was trying to say, I, like, I, you go take a testy. Or you take <laughs> testes or like a testicle. Hey, you came up with Jesuit tree, so... <laughs> Continue. The, our our balls are meant to contract and, and expand and, and retract. Like that's a natural thing. So it happens when some people get hard. I looked it up. It is completely normal. So don't be weird or insecure about that either. It's it's a it's a natural mechanism to prevent them from swinging around too much while you're having sex mm -hmm. and, and causing harm. Because like if you're thrusting, they're swinging all over the place. So sometimes the body uh, you know, realizes that they're in danger and tightens things up, mm -hmm. which is is a is a neat thing that I learned today when I looked this up. Yeah, yeah, those so, balls—they're incredible. So, in, if anything, that might mean your balls are very large and prone to doing some heavy wrecking ball damage on your thighs. <laughs> I came in like a wrecking ball. But that's that's all I have to say about that. Don't worry about the size of your balls. Don't worry about what your balls look like. Talk to your partner, and I hate to say it, but try to get over it because it's. It's not something that's ever going to mean anything going forward. Just relax. No one cares. All right. Well, we're on a trend of partners being mean to people. Are you ready to take it up a notch? Sure. This is by Sufficient Bat 8991 I left my boyfriend last night after an argument, and now I'm sleeping in my car. For the last few months, he's been cold to me. He won't touch me. He won't even really have long conversations with me. He makes fun of my weight. I'm 5'5 and 88 pounds. I can't gain weight because I gag on food if I eat more than I can. I showed him a swimming suit top, and he said, you would have to have boobs for that one. Ugh. I'm a 28A cup, and I can't help that either. He only buys me boy shorts for some reason, and just seems like he's trying to hide me with the clothes he lets me buy. I'm living with his family because my mom nearly killed me, and after that, he took me in. His family likes me, and they're nice, and he got me a puppy for Christmas that I really love, but him exclusively is the problem. He makes me feel so disgusting. I wet the bed because of the pills I take, and they knock me out completely, and he made fun of me for that and got me an air mattress. 
I have a stuffed animal that is like a therapy bear, and he makes fun of me for that as well. I guess I have needs because of my trauma, and he mocks that. So last night, he told me he went on the hike without me because his friends don't like me, and I bring everything down. He ditched me and left me all day. I just left him last night and slept in my car. He called me 45 times and sent me 103 messages all night and said he was going to report me missing. I don't think I should go back to him after all of this. He clearly hates me. Any thoughts? Oof. There is a lot going on here. Yeah, this doesn't sound like a good relationship, and I would encourage you to end it. Yeah, the I don't think I should go back to him. Don't go back to him. Like, there, no. there shouldn't be a question. This person is fucking awful to you. Well, I think her hesitancy, it seems like she is semi-dependent on him because she lives mm-hmm. exactly. at the parents' house. So it's like, it. I understand the hesitancy of being like, well, it's either be homeless or go back to him. Yeah, what I was saying is, like, I would understand if you wanted to leave him, but it was hard as yeah. opposed to, I don't think, like, you know what I mean? You should know you shouldn't go back to him is one thing. Whether yes. or not you can leave is a different thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I just want to make that clear. Like, you should know, like, you should respect yourself to the point where you should know that this is a terrible situation for you. And then comes the really difficult parts of, you know, accommodation and the puppy and, you know. On top of this, it sounds like you have a lot of things that you need to work through. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a, a lot of past trauma that you haven't resolved and is impacting things in a relationship. And there's some things that are beyond like the medication that you like, that sucks. That's, but there's nothing you can do about it. One option I think you might have, if you get along with your, the family, I think there's no harm just to like try to sort out something like in the short term, maybe stay with a friend or whatever, but like ask them, be like, Hey, you know, break up with the, the boyfriend 100% that needs to end. And maybe talk to the parents and be like, Hey, so you know, Steve and I have stopped seeing each other. Do you mind if I rent a room for you? You know what I mean? Keep it very on the level. Keep it for like, you know, two days, three days, however long and be like, and then I'm going to go stay with a friend. But I just like my other alternative is sleeping in the car and I would like to, you know, not be there. Yeah. See, the danger is like, you don't know. Parents can be very fickle once you're no longer dating their, you know, son or daughter. Yeah. And this person sounds like such a shitbag that I can't imagine their his parents are much better. You know, maybe that's wrong of me to assume. But, you know, I, I think for me, it would be like you need to figure out a place to go and a way to to be, if not self-sufficient, then in a safer environment. You know what I mean? If there's yeah. another friend or extended family or, you know, a- anywhere else that you can go because – even even if the parents are cool and you're still around this person, I can't imagine it's going to go well. Yeah. Um. So I think like finding a safe way out is the best thing to do first. You know, I don't know if like how like whether you're actually seeing someone like for I think therapist wise or if you can, because if you can, you definitely should. I know there's a lot of like if not free, then then cheap like remote things you can do. Like I know a lot of people are doing like remote therapy as a result of uh, the pandemic. So it's like. You know, if you don't have a car or if they're far away or if the places nearby you are expensive, you still have options. Um, I know online therapy has been really good lately, um, so that's definitely an option. Um, but yeah, finding a safe place to stay is paramount. Yeah, and I would say because of the way that trauma like sort of compounds on top of it uh, or on top of each other, I would say try to deal with this past relationship as well moving forward before getting into another one. Mm-hmm. Um, because... You seem, and I know this is a judgment call and I'm not, you know, qualified to make it, but it seems like there's still a lot of stuff you have not worked through and to add this on top of it and 
a lot of these issues seems to be because of your current issues. It's just going to like compound and make things worse. And now you'll be, if you enter into another relationship, you'll have all your past traumas and also what happened in your last relationship, quote unquote, because of them. You mm. know what I mean? So I think you need to really sort of like get into a great headspace and a, a more secure headspace before engaging into another relationship. Also, if you can find a way to be self-sufficient, um, then you you won't have to have this like like that terrible shit. Like how much can I put up with before I leave? Because the leaving is so difficult. Leaving is so hard and leaving is so scary. Right. Whereas like, if you know that you are self-sufficient and you have your own, you know, you look after yourself and you have your own place and on all these things, which of course is not all that easy sometimes, but if you have those, then you won't have to put up with anybody's shit. You know what I mean? Like if someone is cruelty or mean to you in the way that this person clearly is, you can just leave easily or at least a lot more easily yeah i again i don't know where in the world you are but Mm -hmm. you can always look into resources available for like abusive relationships and stuff like that because there are uh, depending on where you are resources that will help you get you know cheaper apartments and they're not like you know they're not fancy but they're safe and they're yours and it's it's something to like you know get yourself on your feet and like now i was saying self-sufficient so you don't have to rely on abusers anymore so maybe try to look into what's available for you in your area even if it is just like a short term you know i know there are like women's hostels and stuff like that mm-hmm. that you can pop into um in the meantime yeah because you deserve so much better than this shit you know what i mean like this is terrible and it's fucked up and you're so much better than what this person is treating you like don't put up with it, find a way to get out and and be safe. Uh, I wish you the, the best of luck. I hope you can find a way out of this safely and quickly and and you know take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears a bit. Um, this comes from a Diageo one to one. Why don't men make more noise or moan more in bed? I, a 20 year old female, only had two sexual partners and neither one of them made any noise. Last night, when I was hooking up with my friends with Benefit, he said he let out a noise and apologized soon after. I didn't understand why he was apologizing. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing that little sliver of noise. It turned me on even more than I already was. I asked, why is he apologizing? And he said, well, because of that, which made me even more confused. Is it just the guys I've slept with? Or do all men feel this way about making noise in bed? I'm completely confused about the possible discomfort that men have about moaning, grunting, or making noise in bed. Someone please explain. I'm not particularly noisy in bed. I kind of get it, you know? As to why, I don't know. I just kind of feel that way, you know what I mean? It's like when I come, I'm not silent as the grave for sure. But like, I don't feel the need or the, uh, you know, I don't feel the need to be louder. Now, how much of that do you think is... Like socialized or whatever. I don't know because like, honestly, I have no idea. I I, like a lot of it. I feel like if you're kind of taking the reins, you don't necessarily have the lung capacity for, you know what I mean? Like if you're really like thrusting and doing a bunch of shit and like, you know, you don't really have the air to spare on, on a lot of like acrobatic sounds, if that makes any sense, you know, like if you're really like taking the reins, you're kind of focused on that. I'm, I'm with you there. If I am the one doing most of the work, uh, my my mind, I might be making noise. I might not be. I don't know. I'm not. Mm-hmm. That is not something I'm thinking about. I think like I'm definitely far noisier if, say, you know, someone's like, you know, you can't move and it's my turn and I'm going to fucking pleasure the hell out of you. I'm definitely be more noisy if I'm just lying there and they're going crazy on my dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's all about me. And I think a lot of the time I would be the one taking the ch- like charge and shit. 
So therefore, I'm focused and I'm not really making noise. But if it's all about me, it's I definitely get noisier for sure. Yeah. See, and I remember it was like the first or second time I ever got a blowjob. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember afterwards the you know the girl who, who gave me the blowjob was like, "Did you enjoy it?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I'm like a you know 15 year old boy. Of course I fucking <laughs> enjoyed. It. And she's like, oh, "Okay, well you just like didn't make any noise." And like I think at that point I realized, "Oh yeah, that'd be fucking weird." Like imagine yeah, I would hate that if I was like doing anything. Like I love when when women make noises, obviously within a certain. You know, yeah, authentically. When, when they're authentic, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say something about volume, but like, I think that even plays into authenticity. I just have, I've told you about that one traumatic person that would just roar and scream, yeah. and it was terrible. Uh, but I, I love noises because they're really gratifying, and also it's like you know when you do something that's particularly good, so you can keep doing it, and like it's it's great. So I do, yeah, I do kind of understand why this person wants wants a little bit more noise in their life. I was lucky that this happened very, very early in my sexual career that I made it a point to, you know, mentally clock in and be like, oh, am I showing signs that I'm enjoying this? Mm-hmm. And even if you're not a big panter or a moaner, uh, you know, the occasional, like, I, I tend to say fuck a lot, <laughs> or holy fuck you know we're what i mean not, like we're not saying fuck in this episode though oh, remember we're not um, fucking cursing dude but like there's no harm in telling your partner that it feels good 100%. or that or that they're doing a great job you know what i mean like there are things that you can say that aren't necessarily like moans and groans and grunts uh, of of pleasure but you can still make verbal sounds of like you're doing a good job like i'm enjoying this yeah, um, because, just like, fuck, that feels good. Exactly. There's something about getting verbal feedback. Like, if I was going down on someone and I was getting nothing, I, I would spiral, I think. I, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. I'd be like, are you enjoying this? Am I doing a great job? Are you, like, are you dead? Have you passed <laughs> out? What's happened? Yeah, it would definitely take me out of it. And also, like, you wouldn't know when you've really hit that good rhythm because, like, everyone has their own different clit rhythm, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're really getting it good, you know. So if you didn't know, you'd be like, damn, I guess I'm going slower. No, faster. Harder. Left to right. Pulling that hood up more. Putting it down more. God, <laughs> fuck, you just hate it all. Someone disconnected your clit. I remember I was with a woman who she, like, pretty much just held her breath uh, when she started to really enjoy something Mm -hmm. and so i remember there was a point where i was going and i was just like i stopped i was just like are you enjoying this and she was like keep going i was like (laughs) oh jesus and i didn't realize that like she was mid or like just about to come and i was like Mm -hmm. oh sorry (laughs) um and i was like oh cool when you go quiet you're really enjoying it and like that's all part of like finding out about a a partner like and and a lot of that comes from their their cues and a lot of their cues come from you know sounds and noises that they make you know or the lack thereof in this situation and i learned with her i would watch she would you know her arms would go down to her sides and she would clutch onto the bed or whatever we were on Mm -hmm. and i was like okay i'm doing a good job when i see that when the noises stop and i see that i know i'm I know I'm getting there. We're doing mm-hmm. it. But like if if I did, I wasn't aware of that, it's rare that I sort of like, you know, check my peripheral while mm-hmm. I'm going down on someone. So for me, like the first couple of times, I was just like, I don't know. what I'm, Did I lose it? Yeah, I've definitely been with people who have less kind of like exhaustive, like, you know, expressive, just explosive expressions. It can take some some fine tuning. But at the same time, I do understand that like 
a lot of people, you know, being vocal kind of takes them out of it. So I think like in this situation, if that's the thing, if if it's that you are concerned about how well you're doing or whatever, you know, maybe like talk to your partner and just be like, hey, like, you know, you're you're kind of quiet when we, you know, have sex. Like, is it that you is there stuff I could do? Blah, 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 blah. Because for me, it just like I wonder sometimes whether I'm doing the right thing or if you're enjoying it. And like once they know that, then maybe they can, you know be like, oh, this feels really good because I think that might solve it. But I don't think it's fair to try to get someone who's not vocal to be really vocal if they don't want to. Yeah, you, you know? can also ask for like verbal affirmations as opposed to being like, I want you like, I want to hear you moan more because like if if that's not your thing, it's mm-hmm. going to be weird. Yeah. Like I think if you are a very silent person, think about what we said today and like, you know, maybe there's definitely no harm in just letting your partner do know that they're they're doing a good job, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you can't just be like, oh, I'd like to tailor my sexual experience so that you are allowed, you know, because if it's not natural, it's going to ruin sex for them. You know, there's a few things that are fucking weirder to hear than a forced moan. Yeah, that's another thing, because you're going to ruin their experience by making them do stuff they don't want to do and taking them out of it. But you're going to ruin your own because it's going to be weird. Oh, yeah, baby. So, again, there's no harm in like if you like hearing him say things like that, stop sucking his dick for three seconds and be like, you know, ask him a question. Ask him if you like you want to or he wants you to keep going or Mm -hmm. something. And he's going to say yes. Yeah. Just like, how does that feel? Yeah. You like it when I suck your dick? There's so many things you can do to get verbal cues if you're with someone who is. And let's face it. I'm sure most guys are very reserved in their noise making. Yeah, I, I do think I, again, like it's interesting that you mentioned the, the socialization thing, because I don't know. Here's my theory. Nine times out of ten, when you watch porn, the dude is just the dick. Yeah. Right. So, so like, like that's why he doesn't speak or anything. It's like, just pretend you're not there. And when in 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 porn where the dude is vocal in terms of like grunting or moaning or groaning nine times out of 10, the comments of that video are like, this guy needs to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Right. So like, I'm wondering how much that plays into it of people like one guys being like, Oh, that's what I sound like. And two, Oh, people are annoyed by that. Despite the fact that the people who are commenting are probably other dudes who don't Mm -hmm. want to hear another dude. So like, it doesn't really like pan out. Yeah. It's interesting. But yeah, there's, there's ways to get around it if you want more vocalization, but don't try to change people. Uh, this is by throw R A M R B S. My sister-in-law told my husband I was pregnant before I did. And I think my marriage might be over. I found I was pregnant a month ago. I've been staying with my parents for the past year. When sister-in-law, my brother's wife was the first person to find out because she was there when I took the test. I asked her not to tell anyone because I wasn't sure what I was going to do. My husband of eight years and I have been separated for the past year, but we've been working on repairing our relationship for the past three months. Since it's still early days for us, I wasn't sure how my husband would react, so it took me some time to muster up the courage to tell him. I finally told him a week ago, and he was furious at me. My sister-in-law had already told him the same day I took the test, but she made it seem like I was going to secretly abort without telling him. So he spent the whole month silently stewing and waiting to see what I did. He doesn't believe I was always planning to tell him. Since I was the person who initiated the separation and my husband made it clear he wanted me to move back home when we started working on things, I thought if I asked to move back home, it would help, but it hasn't. He barely speaks to me and things are almost as bad as when I first left. I honestly don't know what to do. I never wanted to end my marriage in the first place and separating was basically my last ditch effort to make him realize I was miserable. I doubt it would work again. And even if it did, I didn't want to make it. I don't want to make it the norm. Is there anything else I can do to fix this? To be fair, when she said that, like, she didn't know what she was going to do. I did assume that it was 
the question there was whether to keep the child or mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So like I could I understand why the you know the the sister in law thought that again not her fucking place to say anything. No, but That's I very understand snaky. Yeah, I understand why she might have construed you being like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet as that. Now you flip it into the other side of being like, now the husband doesn't believe you that you're always going to keep it. You know, we've said it a thousand fucking times. Trust is the foundation of every good relationship. If you don't have trust, it doesn't matter how great you communicate. If you don't trust what the person is saying, then it means fucking nothing. And mm-hmm. this, he doesn't trust you. Just straight up does not trust you and is now ignoring you, but wants to keep his marriage going. It makes no fucking sense. Now, what do you think about her not telling him for a month? Yeah, again, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was. Mm -hmm. Again, if you weren't going to keep the kid, you know, I can understand the hesitancy there. Sure. But like if your intention was always to have the kid, I don't understand how in your mind where you were like, oh, I don't know how he's going to react. But maybe if I wait. X amount yeah, of time, it, this news will go over better because it just seems like you kept it from him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if if the point of this kid or or if the you know the turning point of this this pregnancy is I don't know how he's going to react and he might hate this. That's not a great situation to one base your the the second attempt of your marriage or the way to raise a kid. Yeah. Also, like if that's your thought, it's not going to get better when he finds out you've kept it from him for a month. Yeah. Uh, on top of the fact that it's like if you guys are this fragmented and you're not living together and all this shit, if he finds out and then does the math and it's an eight month pregnancy, maybe he'll be like, wait, what the fuck? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there doesn't seem to me like there's any reason to keep it from him. But like you guys are clearly rocky and things aren't great. So if this happens, what's to stop him from being like, wait, is it my baby? You know, etc. There's a bunch of shit. That seems like a terrible idea. Also, even just the whole like we'll separate, even though I'm not gonna like. I guess maybe it it was like a uh, like a warning shot to see if he'd like wise up or whatever. That's, yeah, it's you know the shot went over his head and he's still running at you. So yeah, there there isn't really any any option here. If if that started to make things work and then this fucked it all back up, it's like you did kind of the nuclear option and it didn't really pan out. So it's like. What's left now is to leave, I guess. You know what I mean? I'm assuming you guys have talked. You know, if you haven't talked, this is very bad. But it's like, really, what other options are there? Like, if things are so bad, he found out a month ago and tested you for a whole month. You know what I mean? And like, silently stewed and got all bitter and shitty. Like, that's not the, that's not the act of a partner. You know what I mean? This all sounds like you've been dating for, or you had a one night stand and you didn't want to tell him so you waited a month and he found out, but hoped it wasn't true and still wants to, you know, like this sounds like you guys just met and handled it shit. Not that you've been dating for eight or married for eight years and are handling it terribly. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be doing this badly after eight years. It sounds like you guys are in one of those. I don't know if you ever did it, but like the improv games where you have to do the power struggle and you're constantly no. like, so like in improv, there's like, you know, the, the balance of power is like a big thing and like how you construct a scene. And like when you're learning that you do a thing where like one character sits and one character stands as the balance shifts. And it sounds like they're doing this in the like the sense of like you had the power of knowing this secret and then he got the power. So he held on to it as long as he could until you had the power of like revealing it again. And then he was like, but I already knew you're essentially playing like fucking shitty uno (laughs) with a kid's life yeah and your own lives and your marriage and i guess your sister-in-law sounds like an asshole i don't know what that whole thing is 
She's the one playing the pick up four card. Yeah, she's just like fucking the Joker. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm always hesitant to give too strong of an advice when there's kids involved because I've I'm not a father and I don't know how that all would play out. I don't particularly want to be a father, so I don't know how I would pan this out because things get fucking harder when you introduce the life of another human being. Mm-hmm. which you have done. It's much easier to break up with someone or end a marriage when you don't also have to be like, oh, but I'm going to have to raise this kid with him. Potentially. Yeah. But at the same time, I think living in a toxic, horrible oh, 100%. marriage, that's also shift for the kid. I feel like at least if you separate, you're both able to come to the kid kind of like on your own terms. You know what I mean? Even if it's it's a shitty to- toxicity between you two, it's not right there before them every day with the added bitterness of being forced to stay in a marriage neither of you want. I know it's tough, but I don't think there's any situation where a kid is like, man, I'm so glad my parents stayed together and hated each other our entire lives and kind of took it out on me, either indirectly or directly. I'm so glad that these dinners are the fucking worst that I have to do for 18 years of my life. I really enjoyed growing up as a pawn in this shitty improv game they're playing. If you guys haven't already had The Chat, capital letters, you need to fucking have it. There's no pussyfooting around this shit, you know what I mean? There's no, like, can we say that? Is that bad? What? I'm pretty sure it's a cat thing. Pussyfooting? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't used that term in a long time, and I was just like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like when cats are like slowly creeping around. I don't think that's pussyfooting. Yeah, you know, would, you know when they're on like on the counter and they don't they know they're not really supposed to be up there. Yeah, I would assume so. But like, anyway, I'm sure it's fine. You know, like if you guys like there's nothing to hold back. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of the times people they, they don't want to like bear it all or have these conversations or whatever. It's like you really need to get out there because if you haven't already, this is your last chance. And if you have, you kind of have the choice of you deal with this terrible relationship that you clearly hate or you leave. And it's as simple as that. And I don't see many reasons why you should have to deal with this terrible relationship that you clearly hate. Yeah, it's it's the same reason why a lot of people stay in shitty relationships and not abusive. I'm not talking about abusive relationships because there's a whole laundry list of other reasons why. But a lot of people are afraid to you know, quote unquote, waste eight years of their life. Some cost fallacy, right? And on top of that, it's like, and hey, I fucking get it. It's absolutely terrifying to step out into the unknown and lose like your support structure and start drama with your friend group and your friends and him and his family and your kid and like your marriage and fucking everything. Like I get it. It's absolutely terrifying and it's, it's terrible and it's scary, but people do it. You know what I mean? People do it all the time. And on top of that, is it worse than forever in this misery? Exactly. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I'm by no means, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm making it seem like either an easy decision or once you've made that decision, an easy process. Because like, I've, you know, I haven't done it, but I, I had an apartment with my ex and that was fucking hell. You know what I mean? And that was nothing compared to a family and a marriage and everything. But it sucked. So I, I, I get at least a little bit of it. And it's it's like hell. But it's a very intense, short-lived hell as opposed to a long, arduous lifetime of hell, you know? It's never worth it, I don't think, to stay in a bad situation, even if the immediate option is is pretty shit itself when you're ending this you need to make the agreement of being like hey this isn't working but if we're going to raise this kid together we need to get on the same page of being like this kid is not a tool to use against each other Mm -hmm. you can fucking hate my guts for the rest of your life that's fine but we will not use our kid to hurt each other Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that is sort of like the most important thing you need to really hammer home and be like That's not what this kid is. This kid is going to be loved by both of us. And it doesn't matter how we feel about each other. 
mm-hmm. because it's I've seen it so much growing up where, you know, the kid was caught in the middle of being like, you know, the, the tug of war and whoever, you know, had the kid on their side going back to the improv game got to stand up and it sucks for everyone. Yeah. I literally heard a guy in my building talking to his like three or four year old kid while walking down to the shops being like, daddy would love to come home, but mommy doesn't love him anymore and she won't let him. Yeah. I was like, fuck you, dude. Um, but also, maybe if things are this bad, use a condom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, separate advice. But anyway. All right. I think that's it. That's it. Um, at the end of the episode, we'd like to peruse Tinder or other online dating services and find uh, profiles that either nail it or just absolutely fuck it up. I mean, frick it up. Um, and <laughs> we don't have a whole lot of time, but we'll do a couple of them right now for you and try to find some red flags. I have three really short ones. Let's do it. Okay, so we have Vida, just got out of a 10-year toxic relationship, meeting new people. That's it? That's it. That's not good. That's terrible. You're like, hey, I've baggage, and also I'm boring. I have all sorts of trauma that I probably haven't dealt with. Anyway, who wants to hang out? Yeah, like, you, we know absolutely nothing about you, and we don't need to know you're just out of a 10-year toxic relationship. If you're looking for something casual, this, this seems like you're all sorts of trouble, and there's absolutely nothing balancing it positively. So, that's like a one for me. I'm going to give it a one as well. This is Floor. How do you feel about abortions? Catholic school graduate looking for redemption. Foodie, homeowner, bath bomb enthusiast. Wild way to open that. Right? The Catholic school thing and asking for redemption, like, that makes me so nervous. I Yeah, I don't know which side they're on. I don't know how they feel about abortions. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the redemption thing makes me think that, like, maybe they had an, uh, an abortion and need to, like, atone for their sins, which is a real shit way to, like, I don't know. I, I don't like it. Also, I think talking about abortions, abortions are such a private and traumatic experience for people and to flippantly discuss it on on like social media and dating is such a fucking weird thing to do and i absolutely hate it like you don't know people's relationship with that Mm -hmm. kind of thing you know what i mean so your you know bullshit like i don't believe in it it's like great but like some people didn't have a choice yeah so fucking leave it (laughs) that's the thing i don't understand this it's like if you are just trying to figure out where someone lies politically. There are other ways to do it that aren't as in your face kind of. And it also just like, it's, I don't know. It, it's it's a one for me. It's very confusing. Yeah, I hate it. Also one. And then lastly, we have court. And this is one of those like hinge snippets. Yep. I know I found the one when he surprised me with tickets to a Leafs game. Go Leafs go. Also, if you join my volleyball team, those who play together, stay together. And then there's three emojis. It's hard eyes equals... A cop emoji or a firefighter emoji. Okay. So they like um, like a man in uniform, I guess is that last bit. Or Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> no, yeah. I assume it's I like a man in uniform. I don't mind the volleyball thing. I yeah. I mean, like, you know, fuck it. I, I don't care. I don't think she's necessarily being like, buy me Leafs tickets. I think she's just saying she's into sports. See, I don't know. Because... Leaf sticks are fucking expensive as shit. Yeah, so it's like, expensive. if you just think someone's like, oh, I surprise you, it's $500. It's like, I feel like it's a weird thing. Whether they mean it or not, it's making me think this person is a little shitty. It's it's tough to say because like it could literally they might be making the joke of how expensive leaf tickets are. You know what I mean? It, I like know. that might be part of the the thing being like, hey, you know what I mean? Like the same way someone would be like, hey, if you want to buy me a Lamborghini, I'll get along with you real good. You know what yeah, I mean? but even then, if I saw someone post put that on their profile, I would still think they're a shitty gold digger. Yeah, I guess. 
I don't know. I, I don't really care one way or the other, so I'm giving it a five. Mm-hmm. I, I will say it is only a snippet. Like, I just got a screenshot of this one uh, sent into us. So for all I know, the rest of the profile, like, makes their personality more clear and you know it's a joke or you yeah. know that's what they want. So it's hard to tell. I'm going to give it a five as well because I am I have my doubts, but it's not fatal. Thank you very much for listening. That's going to do it for us today. Um, we are actually really, really hyped about these nominations. It's a really, really cool honor. Um, everyone who's been nominated with us is also incredible. So it's it sounds cliche, but we're happy just to be in the in the party. You know what I mean? 100 percent. You know, it, I never I always thought like, the, oh, but just happy to be nominated was kind of bullshit. But hey. It's us right now. Yeah, it's turns cool. out, turns out, it is actually pretty cool just to get nominated. Yeah, having um, a little like uh, professional like logo of us being nominated sent to us this morning is really cool. You know, you can yeah. see it on all our social media right now. And a big part of that is because of you guys, and we do it because you guys are awesome. And I think the amount of effort that we both put into it is indicative of the of the love we get back. Um, and the the amount of like it just makes us want to work harder. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you very much for for supporting us and hanging out with us and listening to us and sharing us. It means the world to us. And uh, hopefully we can take you on this real cool ride we're on. Yeah. Uh, if anyone is themselves a Canadian podcaster and you want to go to canpodawards.ca and vote for us, that would be incredible. And if you've been nominated as well, let us know. We'd love to return the favor. As long as you're not in education or adult. Oh, God, no. Then we're crushing you. Then we will break your knees. <laughs> Niall will pop your testicle with a tattoo needle. Oh, no. Uh, also, thank you to everyone who sent us in really nice messages over the week after uh, the vaccine news. Uh, especially a bunch of people from the Philippines sent us in. And I don't know. We've said it once. But God damn it, if I won't say it again, you guys are the best. We will come to the Philippines and we will have the biggest party and all the hugs as soon as we can do those things safely. 100%. If you would like to reach out to us and, uh, you know, send us a message, say hello, ask us a question. We are kind of a big deal in the education (laughs) scene here, so we can answer your questions and you can feel good about it. Um, you can just hit us up at fbuddiespodcast.com. There's a contact form you can fill out. You can find all our social media there. You can reach out to us on any platform. We will get back to you and we will answer your question as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Thank you to Josh Eagle and the Harvest Cities for their song, Paper Stars. And yeah, we got some, I got two for bad sex writing. One's very quick and one's okay. also pretty quick. Cool. Um, But I just saw this on Twitter and it was so Christine Hall at Christine Comedy, who's a co-host of the podcast Moms Are Not Funny, uh, posted up saying got shamed on TikTok for having a belly. And it's like a sad face. A lot went into that. Damn it. Anyway, thanks, Twitter, for loving all the curves. Heart. TikTok looks cutesy wootsy, but they will cut a bitch. Um, And a lot of people were supporting them. And one of the first comments I saw was I won't read their name if we're shaming them, I guess. But they say, I don't even know that you have a belly. Honestly, my eyes never get that far down on you. I get distracted easily by soft, bouncy things. Nice. Why? Now, does this man think that after her boobs, she just ends? I can only assume. (laughs) There's just a blank spot where her belly could be. He doesn't know. It's Schrodinger's belly. Someone's like, oh, man. So, like, this girl was running down the street, and he was like, how do you know? They're like, well, it's like, I've never gotten that far down. What happens after the boobs? <laughs> I need you to tell me what happened. And now this one, I don't know where it's from, but it's horrendous. 
Her cunt's slushy sounds became increasingly <laughs> slushier and slushier with each passing second as his fist pounded in and out, in and oh. out, in and out. It was an odd sound, a sound that if one did not know better would have been indistinguishable from hot macaroni and cheese being vigorously turned with a wooden spoon. Is it fucked up? I know exactly what he means by that sound. You know what? Terrible writing, but a perfect simile. Because yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I I can hear it. And I can I'm hear it. a little hungry and a little nauseous at the same time. Let me tell you, I can also smell it. <laughs> My name is Dave Miller. And I'm now Spain. And we have been your fuck buddies. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs>